0: Baptist Church. While I'm talking real quick, you can turn to your Bibles if you want to. John chapter 15. We'll be in John chapter 15, verses 18 through 27. And real quick, before I begin, uh, you guys know how how I always talk about missionaries. Pretty much every single sermon I, I come up to do, I always speak about missionaries beforehand. And I think missionaries are a key role in our lives as Christians, our lives as as, uh, Gentiles, uh, New Testament church believers. Um, The missionaries that we support, they go around the globe whether they want to or not. Most of them are called. Some of them just go to maybe get away like people go to the military, right? But regardless, they go to see souls saved. And they see many souls saved. However, sometimes it takes a long time to eventually get someone converted. But they stay faithful. They stay true. And sometimes we may get discouraged. And we may be in a slump where church isn't very fun. It's not fun to be here. It's not fun to wake up. It's just not enjoyable. But we hear stories about our missionaries, our missionaries that we send money to, that we support global. And we hear their stories and... By the grace of God, that's encouraging to me, and I hope it is for you too. But like I said, with all that being said, John chapter 15, verses 18 through 27 is where I will be tonight, and I'm entitling this message, The World Doesn't Hate You. The world doesn't hate you. I'm going to preach on a topic that is going to seem a little backwards compared to the main scripture that I will read from, but bear with me and Listen. I'm not saying that the, that the scripture I'm going to read is contradicting to what I'm saying. So don't, don't twist it. But just listen to the reasoning behind the words that I say, if you will. Do you ever go through life and think to yourself, why does everyone hate me? Like I said at the, for my title, the world doesn't hate you. But do you ever go through those days and think, why does everyone hate me? <clears throat> why don't I have friends as a fellow Christian? Why does it seem like I come to church and not a whole lot of people talk to me? One it could be because you're not very friendly yourself sometimes you got to take the action you got to get your your butt out of your chair and go shake someone's hand and be approachable sometimes it's just that way I can say that because I've been there I grew up I was shy <clears throat> I was a little punk kid um, I had I had my issues but I was shy um, I didn't really like to talk to a lot of people. When I would go home, I would just hang out in my room. My mom can vouch for that. My sister can vouch for that. Everyone in my entire family. You think Thanksgiving is awesome and fun and Christmas gatherings are fun? No, I would grab my my plate of rolls and my mashed potatoes, and I would go straight for the back room and go watch TV. I was that shy kid. I was that awkward kid. But eventually, whether or not I got married and she kind of got me out of my shell, eventually I got up out of that chair and I started shaking hands. Sometimes you have, to, you have to be that one to get up and to make friends. But why don't I have friends as a fellow Christian? Why don't I blend in well? Why am I not a part of any cliques? Why is it not going the way I wanted? Why am I always so on guard? As cops, my buddy Utah knows we're always on guard. It's just a part of it. Uh, you go through lives, you are trained a, s- a certain way. Um, military folk, firefighters, I'm sure, EMS personnel, whatever. You are always on guard in some type of way. But that's not the point that I'm, I'm making here in this sermon. I'm here to tell you that first off, you are deeply loved by our Father. You may not feel like it sometimes, and you may feel that He is ignoring you. He's not answering your prayers, but stay faithful. He's not. You are deeply loved by Him. If you don't feel loved by anyone in this room, anyone that goes to church here, anyone within your own family or anyone on this actual physical earth, you are loved by our Father. And lastly, before I begin, I want to say that you are loved by the people who are inside this church tonight. Because if you see, if you look around the people that are here tonight on a Wednesday night, on a Sunday night, These are the most faithful people that we have in this church. And I'm not saying that lightly. I appreciate you being here. Those people on Sunday morning, I'm very grateful for for them. I'm very grateful for our visitors. But our faithful attendees that come to church on Wednesday night and Sunday nights, they make this church. They're the ones that are supporting our missionaries and supporting our pastor. They are also your friends, and they also love you just as our Father loves you. The world doesn't hate you. They hate him. Now, before I start, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, that says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God which which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see, the Bible tells us to not be anxious about our days. The Bible tells us to not worry about tomorrow. You've got to focus on the present. You've got to keep your priorities straight and live for the Lord. You've got to let the Lord have it. Give your heartaches, your addictions, your troubles, and cast those upon the Lord. You can't do it by yourself. Sometimes we can do it with a friend or two, but at the end of the day, we need him. Because you and I both know, we as humans, we are still in this fleshly body. Until we are called home via rapture or via death, we will continuously fail everybody in this room. In some way, somehow I fail my wife every day, some way somehow I fail my son every day. I'm not perfect, and neither are you. And that's why we ought to cast those cares, cast those troubles and those addictions, those heartaches. Unto, um, upon the Lord because he hears them all we, we as people we may hear it but it goes in one, out, in one ear and out the other whether, whether or not we mean to or not sometimes that's how it is he shall give you peace godly peace that is and the peace of God he'll give you godly peace the things that we let bother us all the time they really don't matter the things that we struggle and we, and we think about daily, those things don't matter. They're materialistic things. They're hypothetical things. It's just things that aren't really real big issues. They don't matter. The Bible offers many solutions to our anxious thoughts, but I'm not preaching on that. Like I said, I'm in chapter 15 of John, verses 18 through 27. And the Bible says, If the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. Bear with me. <clears throat> if you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Bear with me. Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin, but now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me, hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin, but now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. <clears throat> but, this cometh, but this cometh to pass that the world I'm sorry, that the word might be fulfilled that it is written in their law, they hated me without a cause, but when the comforters come whom I will send unto you from the Father even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. Let us pray right quick. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this this day, Lord. Thank you for um, allowing us to gather here, Lord. And um, read about your word, study your word, Lord. I pray that you, uh, you allow me to say what I ought to say, Lord. I pray that you, um, that you speak through me, help us apply this to, to our lives, and realize that the world truly doesn't hate us, Father. They hate you. Father, I pray for our missionaries, Lord, stateside and abroad. I pray that they do, do the Lord's work. I pray that they reach as many souls as they can before it's just too late for them. Father, I pray that as we go our separate ways, Lord, that you keep us safe. You keep us warm and, and tight and secure tonight as we sleep, Father. I pray that in the morning when we wake up, we, you allow us to be a witness to somebody. You find us somebody to witness to tomorrow and, Lord willing, see a soul saved. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for the people who here that are faithful in their attendance, Lord. Uh, thank you for the guests and the friends and the family. That I love us all in Jesus' name. I pray, Amen. <clears throat> you see, in verses in verse eighteen, Jesus as, as Jesus Father uh, followers, we are to be known by by love. And you see this as an example in John chapter thirteen, verses thirty four and thirty five. You see, in th- verses thirty four, it says, "A new commandment I have I given unto you. I'm sorry, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you." That ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another. Love must be the distinguishing mark of Jesus' disciples. If we don't show love as a Christian, something's wrong. If we are so full of hate and we are so full of vile and we continuously put people down, what are we doing? You see, in the front of my Bible, I write so many different sayings I've heard, um, whether it's thoughts I've had or, 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 or words I've, I've come across. But one of the most important things, I think the very first thing I ever wrote up in the front of my Bible every Christian is a missionary. If you aren't, you are an imposter. Above all, have faith, pray for power. We don't need an echo. We need a voice. I just want to know God better. For him, it is not in vain. God is not a liar. How about this? Many people won't like this. You cannot have a relationship with Jesus while having an affair with the devil. My goal is to not manage temptation, but to eliminate it, and Lord knows I need it. When things don't go your way, how Christ-like are you? I smile on that, not because it makes me happy, but because I struggle with with that also. God always gives victory if his prophets will stand. God did not give us a spirit of fear. I want God to hear me. Temper often causes a man to speak his mind when he ought to be minding his speech. I need that also. God doesn't need your help, but he wants your obedience. Speaking of obedience, partial disobedience is full disobedience to God. If you don't listen to a thing he says and you don't obey one thing he says, you might as well not even obey him at all. If you say one thing is sin but the other isn't sin, something's wrong with you. The devil never takes days off, neither shall we, should we. After a million years in hell... It will not be one second to being over. You need to get saved tonight. If you're not saved, you won't find many faithful tithers, servants, etc. Doubt their faith compared to those lukewarm Christians. Trials review review. I'm sorry, reveal who and what we are. Satan is accuser of the brethren. Don't listen to him. The devil plants seeds, and most of the time, we are gullible enough to water them. However, this life is God's gift to us, but what we do with it is our gift to God. <clears throat> Where God guides, he shall provide. Don't be like Lot; surround yourself with godly people. And I'll finish with this one. Don't quit for one more day. Go one more. I love that motto. Go one more. There's a guy on YouTube that I follow. His name is Nick Bear. This dude is the swollest, beefiest guy you've ever seen. He is ripped. He's jacked, man. I'm telling you, this guy's bicep is my entire waistline. And, And get this. This guy weighs about 190, 190 pounds. He's jacked. He's ripped from head to toe, giant thighs. Dude runs a 239, two hours and 39 minutes. For a marathon, 26.2 miles. He's that jacked, and he runs that quick. He would beat me in a heartbeat. He's got like a six-minute-per-mile uh, pace. It's pretty quick. I'm about a 7:30, but I'm close. <laughs> but anyway, with all that being said, that is one of his mottos that he came up with. What, whether or not uh, a couple years back, uh, go one more, go one more. You can use that in in everyday life. You can use that. As they go one more ordeal, hey, go one more day, wake up, go one more day. One more meal, just go one more meal, it'll be fine tomorrow. One more final, just go one more final, I got one more final and then I've got my degree. Go one more day and you're that much closer to being with him in eternity. In verse 34 of John chapter 13, it says a new commandment. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. A new commandment. But it's not that new. You see, this ties into the Mosaic commands to love the Lord that we see in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5. And that says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. It also calls us to love one's neighbor as yourself. And we see this in Leviticus chapter 19, verses 18. And that says, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. You see, as Christians, we are to love the person but hate the sin. Can I say that one more time? We are to love the person but hate the sin. We can love our neighbor and not agree with them and hate their sin, but we can still be friendly to them. We can still love them. We can still invite them over to tea, even though they may be living a particular lifestyle that we don't agree with. We are to love ourselves as He loves us and hate our sin also. You hear me? We are to love ourselves and hate our sin, but most days it's the other way around. A lot of people now are loving the sin and not the person. They're loving that sin nature. They're grasping that sin nature day in and day out. And they're not loving themselves, and they're not loving other people. Those same people, the same Christians, so be it, they love to nitpick different sins and call out different sins. But isn't sin sin? Either way, whether it's homosexuality, whether it's stealing, whether it's murdering, all sin is sin. If you're saying a curse word, you're saying something that is in, in vain of the Lord. If you're stealing a candy bar from Walmart, you're sinning. If you're a homosexual, you're sinning. If you're coveting or coveting after somebody else, you're sinning. Sin is sin. We don't get to pick and choose the Bible our Father in Heaven, He's already told us what the sin is. We can't just pick and choose and decide that, you know, we want to hate this person because they do this sin, because at the end of the day, we're doing the same thing, but just in a different way. We're not loving the person, we're loving the sin, and we've got to turn that around. And if you recall my sermon from a month or so ago, I can't, Recall when exactly it was, but I did a sermon on first on John chapter four, verses nineteen. We ought to love him because he first loved us. That's what the Bible says. Every day we ought to wake up and choose him. We ought to wake up and we ought to choose our spouse and choose our family and choose our friends. We ought to not wake up and choose violence like Hamas. We're not a bunch of terrorists. We're Christians. That's what we are and who we are. In verse 19 of chapter John, I'm sorry, in verse 19 of John chapter 15, we see how Jesus sought us. He said, But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. But then we see how he said that the world would hate us because he chose us. And again... I know this is contrary to my title, but you know what I'm about to do. Hang tight. You see, the Romans, they killed Jesus after all the miracles he performed. After all the love that he showed, all the compassion that he had on others, they still killed him. But you know who put him there? We did. Past, present, future, we put Jesus there. They just finished the, the task at hand. <clears throat> and you don't think the world won't persecute you. Look at verse 20. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. You don't think that the world won't persecute you? People attack the Christian faith as it is, but they don't attack the Muslims. They don't attack the, Bud- the, 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 the Buddhists. They don't attack the other false religions. Because they know their gods are fake and they mock ours, the true one. They know our God is real. You're telling me you can't wake up every single day and see all these clouds and see all these miracles and see all these stars and see all these people and the good around the world. There's still good in this world. You can't tell me that there's not a God. And you can't tell me, you cannot tell me that when we die, I'm going to be a cow. I'm just serious. Your religion, if you think your religion says, hey, when you die, you're going to be a cow, what, what is there a religion for? Why am I going to waste my time on trying to live my life to be some weirdo little Buddhist monk and then come back as a cow? I'm not going to waste my time. But we laugh at that. But they kill our fellow believers overseas. It happens here, although it's not as common. You see, people attack our religion, but not the others. You see, a lot of people in this country right now attack our religion. They're attacking us because we support Israel, and we support them, and we've got them on our backs, and we're sending them money, but they want to attack us, and they want to support the terrorists. They want to send money to to Palestine or whoever they are, Hamas, and they want to say, you know, free Palestine, but they're the ones that bombed them first. You see, the Bible said way back in the day, that land was already theirs. And eventually someone had the guts to stand up and give them their land back in 1948. And I say amen to that. You see, you only ever hear or see about Jews or Gentiles getting ridiculed. We only ever see it. Now, I'm sure it happens. I'm sure Muslim, you know, extreme... Extreme far-right Christians probably go after Muslims overseas. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. But we only ever see on the news people attacking the Christians. People attacking the Jewish people. Because at the end of the day, whether you like it or not, the Gentiles were not His chosen people. His chosen people are the Jews. However, if they don't receive Christ, our Messiah they'll end up in the in the lake of fire like everybody else. And can I say something right quick also the world is not kind to those who proclaim Jesus especially if they don't give in and reject him. <clears throat> and while I'm talking about the people overseas and the and the missionaries overseas and and the missionaries in these third, third world countries we ought to be like those those people. We ought to be like those whether they're missionaries or they're new believers or they're seasoned believers. We ought to be like those people in those third world countries, those martyrs who are literally getting killed and they're not giving up because of their faith in Jesus Christ. But hold up, there's more. There's literally people overseas getting killed is that registering in your, in your mind right now? There's literally people overseas getting killed right now because of their love for Jesus Christ. But here we are. We're too afraid to knock on a door and invite someone to church. We're, we're in the United States of America where many, many dreams happen. You've got tons of liberties. You've got tons of, of options to how, how to live your life. You've got tons of options of where to go to church and what religion you want to They they allow you to worship whatever God you want to here. But overseas somewhere, by golly, if you say that you follow Jesus Christ, you're about to get shot. They're going to cut your head off. But here we are. We're too afraid to knock on somebody's door and invite someone to church. Here we are. We're too afraid to share people our testimony and share them and tell them how Jesus saved us. how He took our spot upon that tree and became our substitute. You see, many years ago, Jesus Christ, He came down for a reason. He he came out of heaven, the Father. He sent His one and only begotten Son because He loved us so much. And if it wasn't because of His sacrifice on that tree, on that cross, we wouldn't be saved if it wasn't because of his beatings and because of the blood that he shed for you and I, we wouldn't have a, a day of eternity with him. Do the other religions ever give you that, 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 that option? <clears throat> My testimony, right quick, um, I got saved at a young age. I, 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 grew, I grew up in church. Um, I don't re- remember the day and the time and, and all that kind of stuff like a lot of people do. I was about 10 or 12 um, years of age, give or take. Um, like I said, I just had a normal childhood. I grew up in church. That's kind of what I was around as far as I r- remember. Um, I got saved. I enjoyed it. I got baptized. Um, a few years later, uh, you know, the devil gets a hold of you. He gets a hold of somebody um, Kind of similar to me where he, he makes you doubt your salvation. I went forward again, got rebaptized. It did nothing for me. I was already saved years back. It was just, just the devil talking at my door because I got convicted over something. Um, but then I grew up. Uh, I kind of stopped going to church once I kind of got out of school. Um, it just wasn't my cup of tea. I was shy. I was quiet. I wasn't having a good time. I wanted to swim. Uh, I wanted to chase different things I wanted to do this and do that, but eventually, uh, I got back in church. Uh, I kind of started going uh, kind of regularly, not maybe not faithful, like you know like I do now um, but then eventually that little girl in the red sweater back there she uh, she messaged me and then I really got in church and I really enjoyed it and then um I kept on, kept on, keep, uh, kept on, kept keeping on, and I started tithing. I started uh, giving to missionaries, um, and then one day I went to the pastor I was under, and I said, "Hey, I kind of think I would like to preach one day." Um, and I put together a sermon over the Tower of Babel. Of all things, I preached my first sermon on the Tower of Babel, and uh, it went pretty good, and. Here we are, you know, three years later, I'm still preaching, whether you like it or not. It is what it is, but I'm here preaching. But, you see, something just like that, something that easy, so quick, there's not a lot to it. We're too afraid to share our testimony, is, is my point. We're too afraid to knock some doors and invite people to church. We're too afraid to walk through Walmart and just lay a simple track on a counter. You don't even have to talk to somebody. You can get some tracks out of the back room there and go put a, put a track here, put a track there on this cash register, put a track here on this, uh, this desk at school. You see, sometimes at work, I'll take our track and I'll bend it, and I'll put it right there into the card reader at a gas pump. Guess what? When someone wants some fuel, they've got to pull that thing out to get their gas. And then, of course, they may or may not open it, but if they open it, it may shine a light. They may get the gospel right then. And within them, they may ask Jesus Christ to save them right there. And if they do, I did my job. It's that easy. <clears throat> but with all that being said, Jesus Christ, he, he took our spot upon the tree and became our substitute. And in Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, Jesus cries out and says, My God, my God, why, why hast thou forsaken me? You see, right here, God placed all of our sins upon Jesus' shoulders. And can I tell you, right at that time, Jesus probably felt abandoned. He probably felt alone. Sure, I'm sure He had some believers and some followers amongst the crowd, but He was still dying. You see, Jesus Christ, He knew He was going to die. He knew that from the get-go. He knew that He had a journey He had a specific purpose in his life. He was a carpenter. Let's build this thing out of wood. But my main goal is to to share the gospel and to to try to get people saved before it's too late. That was his main goal. He wasn't out here wasting time going to the club, going to the beaches on a Sunday morning. He was in church. So be it. He was preaching. But like I said, he was on that tree. He was on that cross. But glory to God, he rose three days later. You see, this is when Jesus, he felt the ickiness of sin and how awful it was. This is when he felt the struggles of our addictions. He felt the struggles of your addiction. He felt the struggle of your addiction. He felt the struggles of your addiction. And he felt the struggles of my addiction. He felt the, the heartaches of the people who struggle with a pornography addiction. He felt those heartaches of the people who struggle with alcohol and drugs. He felt the heartaches of the people who struggle with loving themselves and wanting to kill themselves daily. And he said, you know what, I'm going to take that and I'm going to put that on my shoulders. So one day when you, when you grow up and you, you breathe that life, you have a way out. Because I shed my blood on this cross, and without them, without him, it wouldn't have been possible. He felt that and how heavy it was. And he was crying out to our Father, Why Lord? Why me? Because I say, like I said, I say I said it up to this point. He knew it was gonna happen. He knew it was coming. But deep down, can you really get ready for all the pain that he felt? Can you really get ready for the gnashing and the slashing and the beating and the, and the crown of thorns that he felt. <clears throat> why, Lord, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But with all that being said, here we are too afraid to tell someone that we love them and we don't want to see them, <clears throat> excuse me, and we don't want to see them die without Jesus. We'd rather sit silent and not share the gospel because we are too afraid of being rejected. But we are willing to see our loved ones literally get thrown into the lake of fire. Sit on that for a second. We'd rather sit silent and not share the gospel because we're too afraid of being rejected. So what if someone shuts you down? So what if they slam the door because they don't want to talk to you because you're dressed like a Mormon? I was dressed like a Mormon on Friday night for pictures or whenever it was when we did family pictures. I literally looked like a Mormon. I had my white shirt, long sleeve shirt, and a red sweater vest. (laughs) Go ahead and put a little name tag on me. I looked like a Mormon, but see, my point is we're too afraid of being rejected and we're too afraid of having that door shut in our faces, but we're going to sit silent and watch our loved ones get thrown into the lake of fire. Our job as Christians is to get the gospel out like Jesus did and allow the Holy Spirit to dwell within us and to lead others to Christ. Our job is to also not bow down to the world like Mordecai displayed in the book of Esther chapter 3. And I almost preached on that tonight, um, but I decided a few days ago it was time to do this one. Read chapter 3 of Esther, and if someone takes that sermon away, I brought it here first. Trademark that. Copyright it. Now I say that the world doesn't hate you because they don't. The world hates him because you follow him. They really just despise you. Does that make sense? You see, in John chapter 7, verse 7, the Bible says, The world cannot hate you, but, he, but me he, it hated. Excuse me. Because I testify of it, that the works thereof are evil. <clears throat> In verse 21 of John chapter 15, we see the world does a lot of things to us because of his name's sake. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. Because they know not him. They hate you because of what you stand for and who you stand for. They hate you because you stand on the pedestal and you say, you know what? I'm not going to agree with you. I don't agree with your sin. I don't want a part of it. I want to separate myself from the world and live with Christ. They hate you because you stand on that pedestal. They hate him. They don't hate you. Those who hate Jesus hate the Father also. Those who claim to hate you truly hate the Father. They don't hate you because you claim to be Christian that's not why they hate you. Like I said, they, they hate you. They dislike you because of the things that comes with the Christian life and your lifestyle and your, and your wantingness to throw out sin and not party anymore or not drink alcohol day in and day night or not smoke the devil's lettuce every day. They hate you because you finally shut that self aside and you separated yourself from the world and came over to Jesus Christ. That's why they dislike you. They hate the Father because of what He stands for and how justifiable He is. He's a very just God. He's a very strict God. But He's a very loving God. They hate Him without a cause. And we see that in verse 25. I mean, it literally says at the end of it, they hated me without a cause. They had no cause to hate Jesus. As far as I know and as far as I believe in the Bible, I believe what the Bible says. Jesus Christ never sinned. Jesus Christ literally didn't do a single thing wrong, but they literally threw him on a cross and they nailed him to it. There is no reason to hate the Lord, but they do. And, and because of this, they are heading straight to hell. But like I said earlier, there, there is a way out. We just have to show them that way out by loving them by preaching to them and being that friend to them and being that earthly Christ to them. I also said that in a, in a in a in a sermon. I think it was my last sermon. Um I I'm not going to quote the scripture cuz I'll get 100% wrong, but something along the lines of if we don't send someone, how will the word of God get to them? We'll put it lightly. But but you see with all that being said, Be that earthly Christ to them, because today you may be the only lick of hope, the only lick of good, the only lick of love, the only show-tell of Jesus Christ that they may see in their lifetime. I'm telling you, one encounter can change a soul. One encounter can convert a soul. When you are that light to someone, it may spark an interest. And right quick, I know this is easier said than done. And I'm preaching to myself here. A lot of times, I've said before, a lot of times my sermons are really for me. I write it because I'm dealing with something um, going on in my head or just going on, you know, spiritually. Um, and I and I like to, to share those thoughts. But actions speak louder than words. And a lot of times my actions don't speak louder than words. Obviously, I know a big, a big part of it is because I'm still in the flesh. But you want to know... The biggest reason most of the time my actions don't compare to those words is because I'm not in the Word of God. I'm not praying like I should. I'm not reading my Bible like I should. And don't judge my bad handwriting. But I'm not doing what I should, and my actions don't speak louder than my words a lot. You see, when we preach something, we ought to be able to play it out. We ought to be able to to back play it and to show it. Christians, you won't like this either, Christians are some of the biggest hypocrites there are in this world, and we need to get over that. We need to stop being as such. Christians are some of the biggest hypocrites. We call people out on sin We say, hey, buddy, you're struggling with this. You need to put that bottle down. Hey, buddy, um, you probably shouldn't say the Lord's name in vain. But, man, we were cursing like a sailor four hours later. or I mean, I'm sorry, yeah, four hours before, four four hours later. Um, Hey, bud, you probably shouldn't be smoking that tobacco. You're getting drunk on a Tuesday night. That's a hypocrite. And we as Christians, we are some of the biggest hypocrites. And I'm not saying this to judge you. I'm not saying this to be hard on you. I'm just saying, as a Christian, we ought not to be like that. If we say something, if we preach something, again, I know it's easier said than done because I do it myself, but our actions speak a whole lot louder than our words do. And to close, as we leave here tonight, don't let someone walk away from you after the Holy Spirit has directed you to witness to them. Because one day, I'm telling you right now, I bet every single person in this room who is a saved individual, one day they will experience this. I guarantee it. One day, they may be at their judgment seat. They may be at the great white throne judgment. I'm talking about the unsaved. They may be at their judgment seat and about to be thrown into the lake of fire. And again, once you are thrown into the, to, into the lake of fire, there's no way out. There's, there's no way out. You can want a little drop of water on your tongue. You're not going to get it. Once you're into the lake of fire, there's no way out. But that person, they're going to see, they're going to be sitting before God at the judgment seat, about to be thrown in the fire, and they're going to see you in the distance. And they're going to cry out to you, Why didn't you tell me who He was? Why didn't you tell me when you had the chance to tell me about Christ and how good He was to you and the love that He shows the rest of the world, why were you so scared to tell me about Jesus Christ? And you're not going to have an answer. I'm not going to have an answer. And we're going to be so embarrassed we're going to feel so guilty that that's our punishment. You see, at our our judgment seat for Christians, we're not going to receive any kind of punishment per se that I believe. The Lord's going to lay out. He's going to lay out every single thing that we've done wrong, according to, to the Bible, whether we thought it or we acted upon it. He's going to lay it out. And it could be in front of everybody. You know, everyone here could see the struggles that I dealt with today. Um, I wouldn't doubt it. But that person, he's going to look at you and say, why were you so scared that you didn't tell me who he was? You see, these people who are in hell are going to care less about whether the earth was flat, whether gun control really works, whether climate change is real. No, they are going to be screaming and saying, Why did you waste your time arguing about something that is so silly instead of telling me about the gospel of Jesus Christ? You see, those arguments that we have on a daily basis, they do nothing to justify and or to glorify Jesus. And in many ways they can turn people away instead of bringing them in. In many ways, our actions and what we say as a Christian, as a, as a known Christian, as a public Christian, people know that we're Christian. A lot of things that we do outside of the church and that we say outside of the church, they're going to get turned away. They're not going to want to come through those doors. Our job is to get people through those doors and see some souls saved, whether it's at the altar, in their seat, out at Walmart, in the parking lot, We can can see a soul saved there. But you see, again, at their Judgment Day, they're not going to care about whether or not the earth was flat. We need to stop arguing about the stupid and silly things of life and get serious, get down to business and tell people about Jesus Christ. Now again, I know I said at the beginning, the world doesn't hate you, and here I am preaching on hell. Sometimes that's part of it. I don't know about you all, but I don't want to go to heaven knowing I took the easy way there. I don't want to live my entire life as a Christian and never witness to anybody and never lead someone to their true home. You see, I don't do the saving. Our God, Jesus Christ, does the saving, but because of Him and because of the Holy Spirit, He dwells within me and He assists me or I assist Him in doing the saving. And lastly, the the Lord doesn't send people to hell. He doesn't send people to hell. They send themselves there by rejecting Him. However, He can use you and I as a spark. Ever heard of a spark plug on on a vehicle? You need that spark plug to run. Sometimes we can be that spark plug to get them running into church, to get them excited about Jesus Christ, excited about the gospel. But if we don't get out there and do our jobs as Christians and our jobs as missionaries, we won't see uh, see souls saved. But with all that being said, like I said, the world doesn't hate you just because you claim to be a Christian. You see, the world hates the Father; they hate our Jesus Christ and they hate our Father because of what He stands for, and because He quote unquote throws people into hell and into the lake of fire. But they get it backwards. They, throw, they throw, throw themselves in there. Let, let, let us pray right quick. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing me to um, have the time to to preach here, Lord. Uh, Father, I pray that it was just used um, in the way that you needed it to be used, Lord. I pray that you um, you gave me the words to speak, Lord. I pray that you you help us. Apply something of this message message Lord, to our lives, Lord. I pray that um, you just help us use us as a reminder that father the the world doesn 't hate us, Lord um, the lord the world unfortunately hates you, and that 's not fair to you because I know on the first hand basis that how good you are to me and how good you are to my family. You put a roof over our heads, you give us food daily. <clears throat> You give us a blanket to to sleep under nightly, Lord. Father, and you gave me a great church, Liberty Baptist Church here in Searcy, Arkansas, Father. I would say that's a pretty loving God. I would would say that's a great God, that's an amazing God. But Father, I pray that as we leave here today, Lord, that if there's someone here that's not saved, that doesn't know you, I pray that, Lord willing, this may have sparked an interest. Father, I pray that as we go our separate ways, you allow us to be that witness. Um, You you allow us to be that witness and and to to have that gratitude and that want to get out there and and to to tell people about Christ. To not be so shy and, and unashamed about what you did for us. Help us have a change of heart, Lord. Help us have a change of thought. Lord, I pray that you are with our missionaries stateside and and overseas, Lord, global, earthly wide. Father, I pray that you allow them to reach as many souls as possible. Father, I pray that you are with your land of Israel and with your people there. Lord, be with them during their trials, Lord, and, and during their heartaches. Father, I pray that you help us with our heartaches, you help us with our addictions, help us to Take off that flesh, take off that dirty garment like we once did when we first got saved and help us get re-energized to chase you, Lord. Help us when we wake up in the morning that we choose you daily. Help us when we wake up in the morning that, that we meditate on you and read the word of God and we get something going within our hearts so we can be a light to someone on the outside. Lord, as we go our separate ways, I pray that... Um, that you keep us safe, you keep us secure. You allow us to meet here Sunday morning, Lord willing. And lastly, Lord, we say thank you for the son that you've sent to save us, the son that you've sent to die upon that cross, to die upon that trees, upon that tree, to take our sins off our shoulders. Lord, thank you for your great love. Thank you for being a just God and a merciful God, Lord, and a gracious God. Thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.